0: You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. On today's show, we got a player focus show. Except I'm not going to uh, reveal it. although I, I kind of revealed who it was in the tea's the last couple of episodes, but I'm going to give you some statistics and see if you can guess who this is is here in just a moment and then we're going to talk about what this player's future looks like with the Cincinnati Reds but before we get into all of that make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast I put all this stuff in the description but I just wanted to kind of bump it real quick that way you don't miss any episodes that I've got coming out the schedule's been erratic here lately but if you're subscribed you don't have to worry about that because it'll automatically download to your feed all right so this player that I'm going to talk about he had a uh peaks and valleys type season. That's that's what we'll call it. It was very up, very down, very up, and we're kind of scratching our heads as to moving forward what we're going to get out of this guy. We were we were a little concerned moving into 2020 what we might uh see from this player he has been a mainstay with this organization for his entire career uh and now we're kind of uh left wondering what's coming next so uh, okay numbers wise overall on the season he hit 226 and he had an ops plus of 110 so yeah He was a little bit above average. He had 11 home runs on the season, and you look at that and you say, okay, it's not too bad, shortened season, whatever. Baseball reference has him at a uh, minus .2 wins above replacement, so uh, actually not as great of a year. And part of it is to do with a huge chunk, at least for the first part of the season, a little bit more than the first half there for this guy. It, It was a struggle. Now, don't get me wrong. He started off hot, red hot. In fact, the first week of the season, he ended the year, or I mean, he ended the year. He ended the first week of the season with a batting average over 300. His first two games, he had four hits, two homers, a couple of RBIs as well, scored three runs. He was on fire. And then the wheels fell off. In fact, all the way up until August 25th, this player's statistics: he hit a buck ninety-one. He did get on base thirty-two percent of the time, but his slugging percentage was also three twenty-six. So his OPS was below seven hundred, and this is a guy that you figure to be a catalyst of this offense. So August twenty-fifth comes around, he's batting a buck ninety-one, and all of a sudden, and this hint's going to give it away for a couple of uh, for most folks, uh, he's got, he sets out for a couple of days. everything turns around of course i'm talking about our man joseph daniel vado castellini that ball is in the air to right field by vado and he has his first home run here in 2020 vado a couple of hits tonight Lined into a double play and now launches one to right center field to make it a 4-1 Cincinnati lead. That's how opening day went for Joey Votto. Two hits, a homer. It looked like Joey was going to turn back the clock. And then, much like the rest of the Reds' offense, he went and hit. He flirted with the Mendoza line for much of the season, and he sat on August 25th. And then 26th, and he sat for a couple of days, and then finally came back. On August 29th, and when you look at his season, from that point on, he was better. He was closer to the Joy Votto we know. His average was still two fifty-eight, so a little bit lower than votto esque And his on base at three eighty-five was really good for most guys, not necessarily votto esque either, but his slugging percentage at 557 was Awesome. His weighted runs created plus overall a buck 48 from August 29th through September 27th. Now, during that time, the power kind of showed itself to be a thing. Eight home runs. In that period, and if you kind of extrapolate that out to a full season, he had some better power numbers than we were expecting. We said preseason that this guy is going to be more of a singles hitter, more of a timely hitter. He's going to be a catalyst, not necessarily a power spot for the Reds in the lineup. And honestly, when you look at his RBI total. Most of the time he was batting second, so it's not as if he had the ability to get a ton of RBIs, but that also speaks to him as being more of a catalyst than a run uh, producer. But overall, isolated power of two ninety-nine, he turned his season around after the benching. But we're talking about a tale of two seasons when it comes to Joey Votto. He hit a buck 91 before the benching, two fifty eight After it, So you see the marked improvement. And a lot of it had to do, if you watched him throughout the year, he didn't do the whole squat down, choke halfway up on the bat, and just look generally awful in the batter's box. That's something that he really struggled with quite a bit in 2019. He did the more standing straight up, the power through extension batting stance kind of that we saw with Aristides Aquino. And it, it it played well for him. So hopefully that's something that he continues in the years moving forward. Now, what does this mean? What does this mean moving forward for Joey Votto and for the Reds? I'm going to tell you that here in just a minute. But first, grab... A Built Bar. Get yourself a snack because Built Bar is a candy bar, taste-like, but it's actually healthy for you. It's a protein bar because it's got 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of fat, and 17 grams of protein. My favorite's Cherry Bar See, It is absolutely phenomenal. You take a bite of it, you don't even know that you're eating something healthy. You get all of the great flavors of cherry and chocolate. And you get all of the good nutrients that Built Bar puts in to their Built Bars. And they've got even other flavors like cookies and cream. They've got pumpkin chocolate chip cookie for a limited time if you want to go check that out. And if you want to go check that out, I got a deal for you. Enter the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Built Bar is amazingly nutritious and specifically delicious so you should go grab yourself one right now builtbar.com enter the promo code locked on and they're a great company to work with as well they'll send you a personalized thank you after your order and may even send you another coupon for your next one too so check it out builtbar.com promo code locked on for 20 percent off your next order all right so joey Moving forward, I think we kind of know what we've got in Joseph Daniel Votto. In 2018, it was a concern. In 2019, it seemed like it might be a pattern. Now, after 2020, I think we know what we have in Joey Votto. Two things that the Reds need to explore with him. Maybe a timeshare. And I'm not talking about 50-50. I'm not talking, okay, he should only play 80 games, but... I think that we should be seeing more like 120 games, 122, you know, 75% of the season. And hopefully the Reds have the designated hitter at their disposal. Nick Kroll said in his most recent interview that they are advancing forward as if they do not have the luxury of the designated hitter in 2021. If they do, it'll make it a little bit easier to get Joey some bats But at the same time, I think that he is going to be most effective if they're not trotting him out there every day. Now, he himself has said that that's not really something he's, go- he's you know excited about. He's not looking at this as, yeah, I need a break. He wants to play every day. And I think that that is the mark of an amazing baseball player is that you want to be out there every day. You want to be out there with your teammates getting a win and doing what you can to contribute. But I think for the Reds, as a team, to get to the next step, they have some guys that they can put in the first-base position and uh, I think also open up opportunities by doing so. Number one, I look at Jesse Winker, and you're thinking, well, Jeff, he's an outfielder. Yeah, but what is the biggest knock on him defensively is his range. It's not necessarily that he's got a bad glove. It's not necessarily that he's got a weak arm. It's that his range isn't what you would hope for in an outfielder. When you put him at first base, though, you take away that worry because he doesn't have to cover that much ground. And I think that he could be a good glove at first base. Plus, you're going to need every sort of avenue to get Jesse Winker's bat into the lineup, especially if the designated hitter is not available to David Bell. And that would be an idea. Then you could also move over Moose to first base and you could probably put like Senzel at second base. And I think that that's getting a little out there because the Reds have said a couple of times in the past few years that they're leaving him in the outfield. They're not going to try to move him around, but to maximize at bats from your outfielders to keep Shogo and Jesse Winker in the lineup every single day and to keep Nick Senzel in the lineup every single day, you're going to have to move them around and I think that Nixon Zell, with his athleticism, so long as he's healthy, he could play just about anywhere on the field. I mean, obviously, if you can play center field, you could pretty much play any position on the field that's that's my take on the matter and I think that if you move Moose to first base, give Joey an off day, move Joey to DH or something like that and you put Sinzel at second base, defensively, you're not going to miss a beat. It might actually be a little bit better and to keep everyone's bats in the lineup that you want to see. And overall, for Joey personally, I feel like his playing time has ticked down just a little bit in the years past, and I think that another tick down will be good for him. Obviously, you can point out, well, he was benched, and then after he was benched, he was amazing. So maybe, yeah, the benching is what it was. I think he just had time to get his mind right there. But if you create a situation where he doesn't have to play seven days a week, maybe he plays uh, Was that four days a week, five days a week, something like that. If, if there's an off day in the week, he plays four days. and You can piggyback off that and give him multiple days off. He's at the point in his career where we all understood the large contract, the fact that he's the highest paid player on the Cincinnati Reds right now and he's going to be for the next couple of years. You've got to figure out how to use that money wisely. Instead of just running him out there every day, rain or shine, no matter how good he's hitting, if he's striking out four times in a row or not. I think you've got to be a little bit more judicious with that. You can't just trot him out there and expect him to perform at the Joey Votto level every single day. Maybe if you cut it back to 120 games or, you know, 75% of whatever the season will look like in 2021, you increase the likelihood that you're going to get those Votto performances. And I think what we see moving forward is a guy who hits around 260 and he has a slugging percentage maybe around 480 and his on base is somewhere between 360 and 380, something like that. And and you totally love that. You want to see that from Joey Votto moving forward. But overall, I, I don't want to see the Reds just trotting him out there every day thinking, okay, this is the Joey Votto that we used to have. He's always going to be that way. We, we've entered the period of the contract where now he's the older statesman. He's the guy that you're not counting on for 35 home runs, but you're also hoping that he can contribute a decent percentage of the time. And I think that the best way to do that is to cut back on how much they ask him to perform. And you've got options on this roster to fill into first base. I mean, defensively, I played first base when I, when I played baseball, if I played first base, anybody can play first base. Cause I mean, as far as range goes, I don't have much range at all. It's like, I can bend over, you know, that that, that's about it. So if I can play first base, everybody on this roster can be a first baseman. So you have the ability to create a timeshare where it's not necessarily 50, 50. That's not what I'm saying, but 75, 25, can you do three out of four games? I think so. And I think that that is the way that you move forward with Joseph Daniel Vado. Now, we're going to expand on the Joey Votto uh, theme tomorrow on Throwback Thursday, going to look back at some of the awesome points in Joey Vato's career. You're not going to want to miss that. That's going to be on tomorrow's podcast, but that's going to do it for us here today on the player focus of Joseph Daniel Vito. Let me know what you think. On the Locked On Reds line, 513-549-0159, or on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked On Reds, how do you perceive Joey Votto moving forward? Do you think he's every day? I've already got some responses of people being like, oh my gosh, he's done. Get rid of him. I mean, everybody is having a field day. All the Joey Votto haters have had a field day for the last couple of years. But you had to know this was coming. And they probably did, and that's just where we are. I still love Joey Votto. I hope that he does amazingly, but I think that the best way for that to happen is for them to cut back on the whole everyday playing time thing. But that's going to do it for us here today. Now tell your smart device to play the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, and I will talk to all of you tomorrow.
0: Let's go, Rex. Hey.